0: every day my name is Jeff Carr I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds and I've turned my addiction into information for you each and every day I'm gonna bring you news rumors transactions everything about the Cincinnati Reds thanks for joining me let's jump into today's episode what's up Reds fans welcome in to today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. In case you missed it, yesterday we had our first part of the conversation between myself and Mark Sheldon. Today is the conclusion. Yesterday we focused on the off-season aspect, kind of what he saw As the big picture from this offseason, today we're going to focus on what's coming up in 2021, some storylines he's looking at, and what he expects out of a couple of different players like Joey Votto and Tyler Stevenson. Before we get into all of that, though, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Hit that button that says subscribe on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at On Reds. And save that Locked On red number into your phone. We're going to have a Jeff's Junk Mail episode later on next week. After my interview with John Sadak in the beginning of the week, but we're going to have that. So 513-549-0159 for questions, comments, reactions, whatever you've got. And like I mentioned, at the beginning of next week, John Sadak, brand new play-by-play voice for the Reds television broadcast, joins me on the podcast. So you're not going to miss any of that. All right, enough housekeeping. Let's jump into the conclusion of my conversation with Mark Sheldon. Kind of like you said, Nick Craw has said that what's in-house is what's in-house at this point. So let's look at the storylines for this team. The the number one storyline for me, uh, it's something that kind of was a big thing last season. And obviously with the shortened season, a lot of people put more pressure on this guy than I thought. Maybe he deserved, although for me, the jury's still out on him. What does David Bell have to do to earn an extension? Because this is his last year on the contract, right?
1: it is i mean clearly he's gonna have to win uh yeah it, does he have to win a world series no but he has to at least show the team's headed in the right direction i would think to get an extension i um i mean right now i just i looked at one of the projections i think it was baseball perspectives had him at like 79 wins if, if it, let's say that's what they end up having I, I, that's not a good omen for him um yeah, I mean, they just have to win. I think if it's um, a, a sub 500 year, he could be in trouble. I, it all honestly depends on how he gets the most out of his players. I thought they played pretty well for for him, especially the last month of the season. They they were one of the better teams in baseball. That's how they got into the playoffs. And he showed tremendous loyalty to his players. And they and I think at the end of the day, with that, that time when uh, they mixed it up a little bit with Anthony Rizzo and Joey Votto, who was benched recently by by David and, and Jesse Winker were at first ones over the step and looking to protect their manager and I thought that said a lot about where David Bell kind of stands with the players.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I never. I. I... I kind of don't put a ton of stock into people on Twitter sometimes, and there were some folks on Twitter that were like, "Ooh, I think he's losing this clubhouse." It's like, I don't see that at all. But I'm with you. Like the the success has got to be there, and they're kind of putting all their eggs in his basket with the lack of moves that they have made this off season. But there is kind of one topic. It's something that was brought to me by a player, Brandon Bailey, who I had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He talked about this idea of hashtag Spinsonati, and maybe not necessarily all of the chips are on David Bell. Maybe some of them are on Derek Johnson and Kyle Bodie based on how they're going to develop the pitching staff, how they're going to develop the farm system and things like that. How do you perceive that? Because there's been a lot of, kind of like we've been talking about, a lot of under-the-radar moves for guys that most fans have never heard of, but they all sort of have this one commonality of spinning the ball really well. What do you make of that?
1: Yeah. Some of their moves, even before this winter, kind of telegraphed that under uh, Derek Johnson and Kayla Cotham, the previous assistant pitching coach, now it's Eric Jaggers, Uh You could tell they were taking pitchers with high spin rates. Uh, the last year's uh, Jose De Leon kind of comes to mind as that guy, who, who they really thought they saw something in his in his uh, his curveball or off-speed stuff, and that they could work with that and 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 uh, make that work. A few years ago, it was Ariel Hernandez, if you remember. That was a kind of yeah. a great curveball. We just couldn't do anything with it. He <laughs> oh, had no control. Uh, and then you, they signed, I think, seven pitchers on the smaller, uh, obviously, like you mentioned, guys that not a lot of people have heard of where they traded for them and, you know, Noe Ramirez and uh, Jeff Hoffman and Brandon Bailey. And and the, the general sense is that these guys have one pitch. They really like a lot. In some cases, it might be the change of it. Some cases it might be a curve or a fastball and they, and they like what those pitches profile on the, on the analytical side. And I, cause I asked uh, Nick crawl about that. I go, what's the, what's the connection with these guys? And, and he just said that's pretty much, it, was, it wasn't it was a spin rate thing, even though I think it is. And I, I just think they have one pitch they really want to maximize, and maybe that's the way they, they attack it. Um, you know, Lucas Sims was a guy that kind of, even though he came a few years, if he came before, I think Derek Johnson was around. And uh, he's another guy that, he had a he had a lot of spin he's got that fastball and he worked at it and he, you know these guys are all looking at the machine at the uh, rep Soto and and the and, and all that you know trackman and things like that to, to find out how they can get the most out of those pitches and that, and it's it's Caleb Costum was very good at taking that information all that uh, all that mathematics so to speak and, and breaking it down to something that was relatable uh, and I think the pitchers really benefited from that Derek Derek could teach it. Caleb could crunch the numbers and, and then they would, and Kyle obviously kind of supervise what, what goes on with the, in the system. And now it's going to be the same thing with Derek and Eric and, and Kyle. And they're going to be able to maybe tell these pitchers, okay, this is the pitch that works for you. This is the pitch that doesn't work for you. We'd like to see this, this, and this. Get in the bullpen, go to work. And um, we'll see, you know, of those guys, all seven of them going to pan out. Probably not. But if they can – Mine you know two or three or four, and then put them with the guys they already have, you're on your way.
0: Derek Johnson's never leaving Cincinnati, right? He's gonna stay here his entire career.
1: Um, <laughs> he's gonna be a man in demand. He's also been on a three-year contract. So I don't know if he's signed beyond David Bell. So he's uh he kind of reminds me in a different way of, of but the guy in kind of demand he was in was Brian Price, was the pitching coach savant. Uh, that everyone really liked when he was under Dusty Baker and Lou Pinella, and, and now Derek's had success in Milwaukee and Cincinnati with pitchers. So uh, the Reds will certainly have to to compete to keep his uh, services. But I can tell you likes it here. He's got Sonny Gray. He's close to Nashville. There, there were some reasons that he came to Cincinnati weren't entirely about the business of baseball. Some of it was personal. So the Reds still have a, a benefit of proximity to Nashville.
0: Hopefully he does because um, <laughs> I, I every player that always talks about him, they always love him, so I'm hoping that he stays. Uh, looking at the bats, like we've mentioned before, that was not a great year and it culminated in 22 scoreless innings in the playoffs. I kind of look at the newcomers from last season and Shogo and Castellanos and Moose. Who do you think bounces back better among those three guys? I mean, all of them kind of showed flashes last season even tinier sample sizes than the season itself. But who do you think bounces back better in 2021?
1: Well, it won't be as dynamic because of the fact that he's not a power hitter, but I think Shogo, you kind of saw it the last two weeks of the season. He, he finally got comfortable Yeah, at, at first. I think he was surprised. And he said he was, he was surprised a little bit by the velocity of major league pitching and the end, and, the, and the, the spin and the curve and everything like that compared to Japanese pitching, it caught him a little off guard. And I think it took him a while for him to get his kind of get his feet under him and and get going. And I really, I think he could be a lot more of a dynamic leadoff hitter based on those two weeks. And that's all I'm going off of. I'm not going off of anything he did before that. Uh, But I would think that's a, that, that portends pretty well. Uh, I can't believe Castellanos will be as terrible as he was after the first Eleven days of the season, or whatever it was, he was out, he came out on fire, and then it was just kind of went up in smoke. Yeah, and, and mustakos will probably be somewhere in the middle. I think you know, I, I I can't imagine again another guy that he he came in, he he had the COVID sit out, he had to sit out for COVID. He had you know a lot of things were just not right last season for a lot of players. Um, and there's a lot of you know one thing we 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 talk about the last season and the and the numbers. But we're, we're talking about it kind of in a vacuum. We're not, we're not, we're talking about it like it's any other season. And last year was not any other season. And I know it's you got to judge these guys they are professionals, but there was a lot of things going on last season. And I won't even be able to say what, what they all are. Cause I wasn't even allowed in the clubhouse, but right. it's I know enough that there's guys that miss their families. They've spent the whole season without their families. There's people that, uh, had new, new babies come along during the, the pandemic. There was all sorts of things happening and. Uh, it was not easy. They were on the road. They were not able to go do anything to get away from the, the the game, so to speak. They couldn't even go in the video room during games to make adjustments. So there's a lot of things that that we don't necessarily know all the details about, but we know it wasn't a normal season. So I, I'm, I'm more willing to give the guys that had bad years uh, kind of a mulligan, but I know that's not how it works in, in professional sports.
0: Players are people too, right?
1: They are people. And I think people just expect them to be fantasy players that have their numbers and, and make them their money and it's it's just these are human beings and i'll tell you it was a hard it was hard to be a baseball writer last year and i'm not complaining i was so lucky that i got to keep my job and that's all i cared about is i was employed and i was able to go to the ballpark for at least the home games right and super grateful but at the same time it was not a fun year quite honestly it was the least fun i had covering baseball it was last year was last
0: season Hopefully this year is going to be at least a little bit more normal. I know that we've got the health and safety protocols and all that. Looking at uh, two guys in particular, one of them, he's been around for a while and one of them, he's brand new. What are your expectations for Joey Votto? And then what are your expectations for Tyler Stevenson? I think Votto
1: is an interesting case because He's been written off a bazillion times. He's 37. He got benched last year when he was hitting like 190 and had an 0 for 4 strikeout game. But he he, he changed his approach and he, he talked about this on a, on a, on a radio show with MLB uh, Network on Sirius XM and it was about being less selective. He, he, he had put so much emphasis on looking for that one perfect pitch and so often it stopped coming or he wasn't able to get get it when, you know, do anything with it when he had it. And he, he watched Mookie Betts and he watched other top players in the game and how they approached pitches. And when they got a, a good enough pitch, they didn't let it go. They didn't spit on it. They, they took, they went for it. And sometimes they got pr- results with a home run or a, a nice line drive and and, and Vado stopped being so worried about that one pitch. He started loosening up his, his, uh, his reigns a little bit and he stood up taller in the box, which I think helped him see the ball. And he started hitting some more home runs. I think he hit like eight or nine homers over his last 28, 29 games. Yeah. And that's a good sign. Now he's a notoriously slow starter. They can't really do that again. And I think, I think it's important for him to get a good start, but I think, uh, I think Joey has a chance that maybe he'll hit 20 homers and that's enough. If he's batting even third or sixth and he can just contribute as long as he's not costing the team, you know, as, right. that's where it comes down. He, he's he got a you know, he's, he's 37. He's not going to be what he was 10 years ago, but I think there's a chance they can still mine a good enough season out of Joey Votto. And as far as uh, Tyler Stevenson, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if it's going to be a, what kind of, if it's going to be a platoon, if he's just going to face the lefties and, and Tucker Barnhart gets the righties or they'll do it by pitcher or how, you know, David Bell doesn't like to assign specific catchers to pitchers although it happens sometimes but uh the one thing with tyler stevenson is he got a lot better defensively they really liked working with him at the alternate site uh the coaches really talked about how he he just got better at catching and then you know he's got a good bat he came in and hit a home run in his first game and hit a walk off in the other game against pittsburgh so he's got some pop and he can hit and i think he's definitely gonna be the catcher of the future every day we're gonna see him in the lineup all the time if he's healthy and you'll see a transition from, from Barnhart to Stevenson, how fast it happens really depends on the performance.
0: I appreciate your time, Mark. Thank you so much for talking with me. I just got two more questions. I promise they will be quick. Um, The first one B what are the chances the Reds extend Luis Castillo this season? Cause I've, I saw something that said like the Phillies did it with Aaron Nola about this same service time. And then the Cardinals did it with Carlos Martinez as well. Do you think the reds take that route or do you think they wait? I
1: think they should. I think any, the longer you leave them out there the, and the closer he gets to free agency, the, the more you're, you're attempting fate. Um, you know, they've had a history of the last few years when they have a player, they really want to bring, keep along for the, you know, for a while is in doing a contract. It happens during spring training. Um, They did it with Suarez. They gave him a seven year, sixty-six $66 million deal. deal. Joey Votto signed his huge deal or agreed to it during the end of spring training. So it wouldn't surprise me if it happened in the early part of the year. I think once the season starts, I don't think there'll be any chance, but uh, I think he's a guy they should lock up and it it just depends. They missed out on Cueto. They held on to Johnny Cueto too long. Mm -hmm he got away for less than they probably would have liked to have gotten him for. So they they need to make a decision. They need to be, you know, make it quick. I, I think just based on what's in the system, they have some good pitchers coming, but I think if they want to keep their window open for a while, Castillo needs to be a part of it.
0: Couldn't agree more on that one. I mean, dude has shown, and, and even with all the rumors and stuff like that around him, I I was kind of with you. I always thought that it was just, well, Nick Crawl didn't say no, so then the report is, well, they were talking about him. It's like, yeah, but I don't think that was ever really that close. And then lastly, something that um, we're looking for this spring training, there's a lot of guys to keep an eye on. Who are you watching for uh, maybe one or two guys that you're looking at this spring?
1: Well, I'll throw in a, a disclaimer. I'm not going to spring training for the first time uh, since uh, 2001. So uh I'm disappointed. It's just the complex won't be open to okay. the media. So there's no point. I'm, I could go for the games, but right now the the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And I'm, you know, I'm not vaccinated in a, in a lot of you know different situations, obviously at play here. So uh I'm not gonna be able to see these guys and it's, that's a bummer I'm, I'm disappointed but as far as just in general um i'm curious about nick senzel um that guy's always seems to be on the verge of doing some really interesting things and then he gets hurt um and I, he hasn't been able to stay in the lineup enough so i'd like to see how he does in spring training and if he can have a full camp without any uh injuries holding him back no shoulder injury no ankle no nothing and i think a good healthy camp for him would be really what the doctor ordered. no pun intended and um and and i'm I'm also curious about a little bit about jesse winker um he seemed like he came into his own as a hitter in a lot of ways last season and um and i think it'll be important for him to to show that uh he can be an everyday guy because certainly if there's not gonna be a dh this year he's gonna have to find a way to get in there but how do they fit him in with Shogo, uh, Akiyama, Nick Senzel, and Nick Castellano? So I think those two will be interesting. And certainly in the pitching side, I'm curious about Sean Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Now that he's here, he kind of talked about his routine and, and how he's picking up velocity because it went way down last year. He was hovering around 90, which is not where he normally lives. Um, and he was struggling to get to the 90. So he's already th- throwing... Well, he says it's going to go up a tick again when camp gets here, and he thinks it'll go up another tick when the season gets here. And he's working on his spin; he's got, a, he's developing kind of a, a a breaking ball that profiles like a curve, but not necessarily a curve. So he's got some things in the in the works, and I'm really curious to see if he can take the closer's job, and if not him, maybe Amir Garrett.
0: I would love to see that. I I thought he's a guy that, especially with that fastball velocity, if it does tick up. Like he was mentioning, he went to driveline or something over the winter, and and if that was something that could fix, then the bullpen would be right back on track to where it would be. I always said relief pitching is a fickle thing, and if you can fix a bad year the next year and turn it into a good year, then everybody forgets about the moves that were made to kind of lessen the bullpen a little bit. But
1: yeah, I mean it could be a savings of eight million dollars and get a closer that gets as many saves. It's he's getting a million and a half. Glace is getting nine point one million. It's it, if, if it works, it's like, it was a great move. Uh, and he's a good clubhouse guy and he can bring some intangibles that, that Iglesias maybe didn't have. Um, so I, I think it'll be, if they can get him to close, it'll be good. But I also have a, a lot of faith that Amir Garrett could be a good closer as well. So he's got he's certainly got the mentality for it. Oh yeah. Um, and they're both left-handed. And I think that adds a little something uh, having a left-handed closer that throws some nasty things. Can, uh, can definitely be uh, something for a, another team to have to deal with in the ninth inning. And that, I think that's, that could help the Reds.
0: Nixon Zell also too. He, he's a guy that I keep thinking, I we're waiting on him. We've been waiting on him for a couple of seasons now and it's like, I think it's time to really put up or shut up or something. You know, I don't want to put pressure on the guy or anything like that, but he's a professional ball player. He's already got pressure on him. But to think of it just the way that it is, I feel like if he gets 140 games or something like that, then, the production's going to come with him. It just seems like it's such a hill to climb to get to that 140.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's really stopped Senzel was two things. One, injuries, and two, he made a tinkering. He tinkered with his swing at the direction of the hitting coaches uh, from a couple of seasons ago that aren't here anymore. And when, when he made that adjustment, his, his numbers went down the toilet. and uh, And he gave that up and was back doing his normal thing uh, this season or this past season, but he was hurt and, it, it, you know, he didn't even get into a game until midway through camp. He hit one homer and, you know, and that was it. And then COVID and he got shut down like everybody else. And, and then during the season, he obviously was out for about a month. So he needs to be healthy. And I think if he's healthy, I think he helps the team. And if not, I think you see Shogo in center more and you see Winker in left.
0: Well, Mark, sir, I appreciate it. I know it kept you a little bit long, but I uh, appreciate you talking with me today. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up this spring training, and I thank you so much for uh, being on the show.
1: Jeff, thank you very much for asking me. I appreciate it, and uh, definitely enjoy the season, whatever happens.
0: Absolutely. Let's go, Rex. Hey.